We're going to pick up in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. A little bit of context before we get started. Uh, this is um, uh, Daniel. He is a Hebrew of birth, but he uh, has been taken captive and into Babylon. Babylon is a, a pagan nation. Uh, their culture is different. Um, it, it's something totally opposite of what Daniel practiced uh, as a Hebrew uh, nationality or a Hebrew culture. And so he constantly had to fight against the culture of Babylon. He constantly had to fight against the culture that he was around, that he was in, to maintain on what was on the inside of him. You know, I think in, in a way, uh, you know, Jesus says that we are from this world, but we're not of this world. In the same way, we are here on this earth, but we can't allow the culture to take away from what's on the inside of us. We can't let the culture take away from the identity that Christ has put on the inside of us. So in the same way, uh, we are battling against that and making sure that we are being intentional with who we are in Christ. So pick it up in verse 3. Now, it's a little bit of scripture, but hey, it's Daniel's in the lion's den, all right? It's a good story, right? Right? Hey, it, it keeps your attention in Sunday school. It can keep your attention here, right? Uh, so uh, verse 3. It says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators or administers uh, and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. This is a very big deal because, once again, we're talking about a Hebrew boy who is not from Babylon, who came there as a slave and a captive, but now he's about to be put uh, in control over the whole empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Amen. So they concluded that our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, which right off the bat, that's a lie because that doesn't include Daniel. Daniel wasn't in agreement with what they're about to say. But he said officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den. See, they're trying to set a trap for Daniel. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. See, there was a, a law in that kingdom that if a king would write a law into, into, into pass, not even then later on could the king go back on the own law that he wrote. It was, it was strict. It was something that couldn't go back on that. Once it was instilled, there was no going back. Verse 9, so King Darius signed the law. Uh, uh, so King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down uh, as usual. Verse 10, and everybody, everybody say as usual. He went and knelt down as usual, like he always does, in his upstairs room with its window wide open towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day just as had he always done, giving thanks to his God. We're almost done. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about this law. 
He said, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, and that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians and cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, everybody say that man. That man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. But in the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, that no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, may your God, everybody say your God, who, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. You soon, so faithfully rescue you. You see, Daniel was thrown into a predicament where he had to choose between either being consistent with God or going against what he stood for and bidding towards the culture. I think there's so many times and opportunities in our life where we have the same decision, which either we're going to bend or break, or we're going to give in, or we're going to say, you know what, um, I built up so much trust in my God that I can't go against him now. So this is the title for tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, Constructing a Life of Consistency. Constructing a Life of Consistency. With that being said, y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you, Father, that uh, what we're coming together for, God, that your hand is upon it. And we thank you, Jesus, for your will being done, God. We thank you for, God, every word being spoken. Fall, God, on soft minds and open hearts that allow us to come together tonight, be able to grow closer to you, God. That, Father, we are here, God, to, for no other reason, God, but to bring glory to your name, to bring praise to your name, to be able to go closer to you, Father. So have your way tonight, God. Have your way in the Spirit. Have your way each and every, God, word that is spoken, Father. Let us be able to go closer to you tonight. And let there be miracle signs and wonders follow. Let there be chains breaking. Let there, God, be hearts mending. Let God, let there be, God, souls be satisfied in the Spirit. That, God, tonight we are here for you. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight so about how old am I man getting to that point so about eight years ago I went to Bible school uh, and I learned many things and one of the more important things I learned that really changed my life was the art of ping pong it's really done wonders for me that's kind of a joke kind of not but I never really played ping pong much in my life um, before going to, this, to, to Bible college. And um, I played a little bit but never got serious with it. But uh, during my three years there, there was a, a, a couple of ping pong tables set up. And, and, you know, I didn't know how serious, or should I say table tennis, all right? That's how you know you're serious when you call it table tennis. How serious, you know, people were with ping pong until I showed up and I, I just saw and witnessed the skill these people had. Like, I had a friend who went to TBI, and he was like six, seven, six, eight, and he had like a seven-foot wingspan, and he, he was from a, he was from a, a nation in um, 
uh, in Africa, I forgot which one, and all he did was play ping pong all day. And so he came, when he came to the, to the Bible, Bible college, I mean, he just dominated everybody. And there were so many good people at ping pong, and, and we had this long kind of uh, competition and tournament, and I entered myself because I was like, how hard can this game be? And can I say, I got dead last in that tournament. And that was like right around the beginning time of, of when I first started Bible college. And I said, you know what? I said, if anything happens during my season here, I'm going to get good at ping pong, all right? If there's one thing that's going to happen. And so uh, I started ping, playing ping pong a lot. And I got consistent with it. And I began to play a lot with all my friends. And, and before you knew it, I began to get better. I, I started to at least get okay. And I started playing the guys who were kind of good. And then I got into, like, the upper echelon with the people who, you know, when you're playing ping pong, and you're just, like, smacking it back and forth. You ever seen that on, like, on TV? And uh, so, like, you know, we got to this point. I never got as good as my friend who had, like, a seven-foot wingspan because you can't get nothing past him. Like, you could shoot something across the room, and somehow he'd be like, and, like, just hit it back over. But, but I just remember we would just play all the time, and I began to get so consistent and so consistent. And before you know it, I got pretty good at the game of ping pong. And really, if you've ever done anything in your life, you realize,